Hello and welcome to the commentary for lesson 357. This is 2 Kings chapter 16 verses 1 through 9 and 2 Chronicles 28 1 through 15. So we are talking about King Ahaz and he is the king of Judah and it says that King Ahaz, he's the son of Jotham and just so we know, I wanted to look back, um, you know, he comes from a line of three good kings. So Uzziah, if you remember, he was a good king for the most part, and he was, but he was stricken in the end by leprosy by God. And then his son was King Jotham, and now his son is King Ahaz. And Ahaz obviously is a bad king here. We see that he did not do what was pleasing in the sight of the Lord his God as his ancestor David had done. Not only his ancestor David, but his father and grandfather had done. So they set a good example and he did not follow it. And that makes me think of, you know, sometimes even the best of parents cannot guarantee a child that follows their ways or does the right thing. I've seen that play out so many times where, you know, so many people want to blame the parents for the things that the children do. And sometimes that's true. And some, and obviously environment and upbringing is a huge contributor to the way that someone behaves. However, sometimes um, people are just people and they make their own choices. And sometimes regardless of upbringing and regardless of parenting style or, um, you know, how great a parent is or how bad a parent is, someone's just going to make bad choices. So I don't know what happened with King Ahaz, but he definitely fell off the wagon and it's disappointing, but um, it says here instead, in verse 3, instead he followed the example of the kings of Israel, the northern kingdom, even sacrificing his own son in the fire. Now that was a pagan practice, so he was following the ritual practices of pagans, of false gods, and that was something they did on a regular basis. They sacrificed children um, and children went through fire that's what scripture says a few in a few different places that the children would go through fire um and it says in this way he followed the detestable practices of pagan nations the lord had driven them of the pagan nations the lord had driven from the land ahead of the israelites um remember they were supposed to kill all the inhabitants of the land but because they didn't, we're still, even now, dealing with the re repercussions of them not being obedient to God fully. He offered sacrifices and burned incense at the pagan shrines and on the hills and under every green tree. And then it goes into um, how King Reason of Aram and King Pekah of Israel came to attack Jerusalem. They besieged Ahaz, but could not conquer him. Now, the account in 2 Chronicles 28 gives a lot more detail um, about this besieging. And 
it says they did not take him over, but man, it gives more detail as far as what kind of destruction they caused. And it says that they killed 120,000 of Judah's troops, all of them experienced warriors, because they had abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors. Then Zikri, a warrior from Ephraim, killed Maaseah, the king's son. So they killed the king's son, Azrakam, the king's palace commander, and Elkanah, the king's second in command. So he killed his son and two of his high officials. And so that was a huge loss. 120,000 troops. And they captured 200,000 women and children from Judah and seized tremendous amounts of plunder, which they took back to Samaria. So jumping back to Second Kings, when it says they besieged Ahaz, but could not conquer him, they didn't just besiege him. They, they devastated him. And how they did not conquer him is beyond me, because that sounds like a catastrophic blow to his kingdom and to his people. Um, and so what does he do in response? He sends for help from the king of Assyria. He wants, he calls on the king of Assyria to rescue him, right? If he had called on God for help, maybe he would have gotten it. But no, he called on the king of Assyria and the king of Assyria um, was paid with silver and gold from the holy temple. Now, I don't know if that was a normal thing, but I'm assuming it wasn't. And after so much was paid, not only from the, from the temple, but also from the palace treasury, um, the king of Assyria did attack the Aramean capital of Damascus and led its population away as captives, resettling them in Kerr, and he also killed King Reason. So he did take care of business for a price, but it catches up to them, and it all falls apart anyways, eventually. But I do want to talk about something I noticed in Second Chronicles that stood out to me. Um, first of all, in, in Second Kings, when it said he offered sacrifices to, um, he even sacrificed his own son in the fire. Um, that was a pagan worship practice. It said his own son, and that's singular. But in Second Chronicles, an, a notable difference is that in verse 3 it says he even sacrificed his own sons, plural, in the fire. And so why is the difference there? My guess is that the Second Kings account was written before Second Chronicles, and we know that's true. Second Chronicles was kind of written in hindsight. So probably at the time that the author wrote the account in Second Kings, it was just one son. But most likely by the time Second Chronicles was written, he had done it to other sons as well. And we don't know how many. It just says his own sons, plural. So it's quite possible that the difference can be um, explained just by the timing. So that's my guess. Um, and credit is given to God for for the besieging, for, for the conquering that they did against Ahaz. Okay, Israel and the king of Aram 
combined forces and and did all this destruction. But in Second Chronicles, it gives that credit to the Lord. In verse 5, it says, Because of all this, because of all that sacrificing to pagan gods and setting up all these pagan shrines in the hills and all this stuff that Ahaz did, and he was, he was a bad king, uh, because of all this, the Lord his God allowed the king of Aram to defeat Ahaz and to exile large numbers of his people to Damascus. So that gives credit where credit is due. Um, it, it reminds us that God is in charge of everything. He determines which armies go, which armies stay, which armies get defeated, and which have victory. So um, that just kind of sets the record straight. Verse 9 says, But a prophet of the Lord named Oded was there in Samaria when the army of Israel returned home. And remember, they had taken 200,000 women and children from Judah, and those would be kept as captives. That's what they did. So verse 9 says, But a prophet of the Lord named Oded was there in Samaria when the army of Israel returned home. He went out to meet them and said, The Lord, the God of your ancestors, was angry with Judah and let you defeat them. But you have gone too far, killing them without mercy, and all heaven is disturbed. You are planning to make slaves of these people from Judah and Jerusalem. What about your own sins against the Lord your God? Listen to me and return these prisoners you have taken, for they are your own relatives. Watch out, because now the Lord's fierce anger has turned against you. And so some of the leaders said, oh my gosh, he's right. We cannot take these captives. We cannot make them slaves. We've gone too far. And they right the wrong. And they um, provide clothing and sandals and food and water. Um, They took care of these people. And I thought it was interesting. It said they dressed their wounds with olive oil. I didn't know you could do that. Things like that. I'm into essential oils and things like that. So that interests me that they dressed wounds with olive oil. Um, They put those who were weak on donkeys and took all the prisoners back to their own people in Jericho, the city of Palms. Then they returned to Samaria. So God used them to defeat Ahaz. And but they went too far and they were called out by the prophet Oded, and then they made right that wrong. So they didn't get into any more trouble with God. So um, it's kind of a quick, straightforward lesson, but I think the takeaways are that, you know, just because someone is in an environment where they see, where they have godly examples, where they're brought up to fear the Lord, where they are um, raised in a Christian home, um, doesn't necessarily mean that they will turn out to follow that example. People do still have free will and they make their own choices. Um, Also, I think a big takeaway is that the king Ahaz called on the king of Assyria to rescue him instead of God. And uh, that just seal the deal if you ask me so um but that's really it for today we're going to start getting back into isaiah and as we get into isaiah chapter 7 in our next reading um it will talk more about the fall of judah and about these prophecies um 
Isaiah warned King Ahaz that all of this would happen. Um, and so we'll read more about that. So anyways, that's it uh, for today. I hope you all have a great day and I will talk to you soon.